0: George Pickens could very well be the biggest storyline of the Steelers versus Browns game on Monday Night Football. We'll break into why I think that's the case, as well as talk about some of the biggest factors that are going to play into this very important early AFC North showdown for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm your host, this Chris Carter. This is the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post a job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get you ready for some Monday night football Steelers, Browns, Acresher stadium. It goes down. I'll be there as well as all the people, a lot of the people we have on this show, Alan Saunders. He's going to try, we're going to try to do a late night show with him after the game uh, so that you can still get your taste of Alan Saunders and myself uh, on Tuesday, win or lose with what happens to the Steelers. And then we get you ready for the rest of the week as they try to turn around and get ready to head to Vegas to play the Raiders. But, there are a lot of different storylines that you could point to for this game. You could point to Kenny Pickett, need to bounce back. You could point to um you could point to, you know, the history of the Browns, how they haven't beaten the Steelers in Pittsburgh in a regular season game in so long and all these things. We've talked about those. But I want to get into why I think George Pickens could be the biggest and maybe the most important one. Because not just for is his implications as pure talent by himself, but the implications for what he can mean to the whole offense and how that ties itself into Steelers history, recent Steelers history over the past 23 years or so. First and foremost, we have to know this injury report. The Steelers. We know Cam Hayward's on injured reserve now, so he's out of the picture. Deontay Johnson and Anthony McFarlane are the only players who are out. Everyone else is healthy. You had even Larry Ogunjobi being in a full practice, no injury designation. One little thing to scare was George Pickens was in a limited practice on Saturday for noted for a hamstring injury, but he was not given any injury designation on his game status, which means he'll be good to go uh, to play to play in this one. So no problems there. But let's get into why I think George Pickens is going to be the storyline of this game either in either direction, if this is for good, for good or bad. I really think this is Pickens' chance to be a breakout player for the Steelers. I mean, he was kind of a breakout player last year as a rookie, but this could be the year that puts him on the map. He talked about how he, he sees himself as a top five NFL receiver, and it's funny because when Chase Claypool said that, everyone was like, oh, okay. But when George Pickens says that, they're like, okay, not now, but like maybe soon, there's a different tone to it because people see the potential that George Pickens brings and we saw that potential flash in some of the brightest moments against the browns last year. Now if you remember I I showed Mike Tomlin on this very show talking about how the, the browns cornerbacks were a huge factor last week or last week in their in their 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 game. Uh, against the Bengals when, when they won. They limited Jamar Chase. They limited T. Higgins. Those guys can run. But you know what? George Pickens has gone up against those guys. He made one of the biggest catches of the year in the third week of the season early on when Mitch Trubisky was still starting, and then he scored a touchdown on a pass from Kenny Pickett against the Browns in the regular season finale. He knows how to beat these guys. He can beat these guys. I think he's talented enough. And now well, he's wide receiver one, he's going to get a real chance to do it while being The lead guy and I think that that's something that's going to happen here and without without Deontay Johnson he needs to be the wide receiver one he needs to get open make tough catches get the yards after the catch do all the things that he says he can do and be the player that I think we've all kind of seen the potential of for the past year or so since he's joined the Steelers but I also think Beyond just the potential of what he does. We've talked about how he's improved a route as a route runner. We've talked about his combat catchability. We've talked about how he's getting sharper as a player. But I, I wanna I think it's important to note that like it's not just him exploding and then it's just okay, the Steelers just know they have a talented weapon there. No, that could be very much a big part of how Kenny Pickett starts to figure out this offense is if he just finds that a weapon, that that a grade weapon that just takes over games that he can just go to in a pinch because he knows they're going to make the play. And not that he can't, he shouldn't feel that about Pat Frymuth or Deontay Johnson or Najee Harris, but George Pickens could end up being that guy. And I say that because I point back to times that I think about when the Steelers offense took serious steps to go forward, not really recently, recently, but over the past 23 years. And I look at it and it was the emergence of a playmaker wide receiver that led to those situations. I think back to the start of the killer B era. And that was, and really, you, ca- you saw the kind of dawn of it in 2013. One Le'Veon Bell was drafted that year, but he didn't really emerge until as a supreme threat until 2014. No, it was Antonio Brown in 2013, who, when Ben Roethlisberger realized, I just need to get that guy the football that's when the offense started to open up for the Steelers again, because remember the offense was kind of meh for a while. And then the defense kind of aged out from the late two thousands to the early 2010s. And then in 2012, you know, when they went back, when they went eight and eight in 2013, when they went eight and eight for, for a second year, there were, you know, they, there was a lot of wonderings, Oh, can the Steelers bounce back? But one of the things that came out of the end of that season was they knew that Antonio Brown was a bad dude. And sure enough, after that, he had the greatest six year run of any wide receiver in NFL history. And in doing so, the Steelers offense went in 2013 from being 16th to being 7th in 2014. And granted, you could just say, well, that was A.B. That was Antonio Brown. He was the best receiver of the, of that decade. Okay, sure. But how about the decade before that when it was a completely different quarterback? It was Cordell Stewart. And from 2000 to 2001, the Steelers, they very similarly, went from ranking 17th in, in, in scoring offense to 7th. What was the big factor in that change? It was the emergence of Plaxico Burris? Heinz Ward was an established threat, and everyone knew that he was a problem. But they needed uh, another playmaker on the field—a guy who could step up and be that guy for Cordell Stewart. And Plaxico Burris turned out to be that guy. And of course, now you have a similar situation where you have a quarter—a quarterback trying to fit, find his way in the offense, a young receiver trying to prove himself to be an elite playmaker. And you know what? Also, is a uh, very very. Uh, similar in these situations, all three of those teams had coordinators trying to find their way, at least with the Steelers. Mike Mularkey was in his first year with the Steelers in 2001 uh, when he was coaching Cordell Stewart in that offense. Todd Haley, 2013 was his first year, I believe. And 2014 was his second year. But either way, he he was a young he he was early in his stage of being an offensive coordinator for the Steelers, and they were searching for an identity. If you remember the start of that twenty thirteen season, there were questions about the offense. They didn't know where to go with the ball. Antonio Brown was saying, "Throw me the doggone ball," and he didn't say doggone. He said something a lot, you know, a little bit harsher than that. And then they threw him the doggone ball, and then they realized, "Oh wait, that is that is the key here." And I think that's it's as simple as that. Katie Pickett has to be able to get the ball to his playmakers, but he especially needs to get the ball to George Pickens because that guy can break games open for you. I said it when I when I, to, I told you about my tape review of the Niners game, first third down attempt of the game. When he, when he took a sack, George Pickens was one on one, going down the deep part of the middle of the field, beating his man. The middle of the field was open. Pickett just had to put it in a place where he can just run to it. Pickens could have caught it, and it would have been a huge play to start the game, and it sets a completely different tone. And it's plays like that that can start to open up the entire offense, not just because Pickens will get his numbers from Pickett, but also because when that starts to happen, then defenses have to look at him a little bit differently than they do, and that, which means that they have to start paying more attention to Deontay Johnson, to him over Deontay Johnson and Pat Frymuth and the run game. And then when people have to pay attention to your pass game because there's a premier threat that they have to be concerned about and, you're, and they can see that you can get him the football pretty consistently, then they can't focus on your run game. And then the offensive line gets a little bit of pressure taken off of it. It can do a better job of establishing the line of scrimmage. And Najee Harris and Jalen Warren can be that one-two punch that you really want. And again, we've seen this before with two different Steelers offenses. And people, There's probably people out there that can probably name a couple more out there. But in modern football, I think there's very much a path here, a linear path here that we can see where George Pickens could be very much the key that gets the Steelers going if they're going to get going offensively this year. I want to talk about the defensive side of the ball on the other side of the break here because they are just as important. They are going to be vital, and they got to take on Nick Chubb. But I want to talk about the key matchups that I think will be about Nick Chubb and how the Steelers need to handle it, especially with the impact of the loss of Cam Hayward. We'll get to all of that in a minute here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Don't go anywhere. But first, we want to remind you that this show is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you need the right people on your team to help make your small business fire on all cylinders. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame for your LinkedIn profile to spread the word, uh, so that, that you're hiring. So that your network can help you find the right people to hire simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms. and Conditions apply. We're also brought to you. Bri prize picks. Prize picks is the most fun that you can have winning up to 10, 25 to 25 times your money during football season. All you need to do is pick two or more players. Think you have a fantasy beat on their day and just guess more or less on their projected stats from prize picks. And you can win on any entry and you can keep making entries as much as you want. Prize picks is a fun new daily fantasy fantasy game where you're not up against a whole bunch of other people. You're not against a pool of thousands of people and hoping that you get lucky with hitting the lottery with the right player at the right time. All you're doing is you're going up against prize picks. If they say a player is going to get more or less a certain stat, and you guess right, you can you can win money right off a of prize picks. Just pick two to six players and and pick more or less and you can win there. For example, you can guess if Justin Jefferson will have more or less than 100 yards receiving in a game, or if Lamar Jackson will throw more than one touchdown pass in a game. You, you combine those two simple ones right there, and you have a bet from Prize Picks. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts, like Taco Tuesday, where each Tuesday Prize Picks discounts select players' protections up to twenty-five percent, with to provide even more value. Prize Picks includes NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL college sports, and so much more. Download the Prize Picks app today, or go to PrizePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePicks.com/slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100 to 100 back here in the lockdown steelers podcast i'm your host chris carter we continue our discussion here today getting you ready for steelers browns tonight at Acrisure stadium but let's get over the other part here we talked about the offense we know the defensive line is going to be huge in this game because the Browns are going to want to run the ball. They're going to want to test your gap integrity, both with running the ball to Nick Chubb and with Deshaun Watson because he can use his legs, and we saw that a little bit last week as well. But I want to talk about what, I, what some specifics in this matchup because I really do think that the Steelers' interior defensive line, has an, like like Pickens, has a chance to really set an a, ton, a strong tone for the season. Now, as we know, Cam Hayward out for what we assume is going to be about eight weeks. It's only thing reserve. So now it's up to Larry Ogunjobi, who was a full participant in practice on Saturday, which is a good sign that he'll play and be healthy. You got the Marvin Leal who you drafted in the third round of last year. You got Cam who you drafted in the second round of this year. You got Isaiah Milk, who's been, who's been an improvement uh, out of camp. You have the people to be physical. You still have Montrevious Adams, by the way. And as much as I've been on the train of, listen, I think Braden Mokko should be getting a hat over that guy. He's at least a veteran that can, that, that can be in that mix there. And they're going up against the Browns offensive line, but for the most part, the Steelers kicked the butt of last year at the regular season finale. They were able to get after Deshaun Watson, sack him seven times. And, and the biggest difference right now is that they don't have the same right tackle anymore. And the guy that they brought in to be that right tackle, Jack Conklin, he's hurting out for the season. And Dewan Jones, a rookie right tackles lineup in there, which means T.J. Watt's going to go up against him and Jedrick Wells Jr. is going to have to go up against Alex Highsmith. Highsmith has had his way with Wills a couple times in his career. I think that this could very well be an interesting situation for the Steelers defense and the, specifically their defensive line to be the game changers of this game. And now, let me make this clear. The Browns ain't no joke in their offensive line. Wyatt Teller, Joel Antonio I mean, these guys are talented. But the Steelers could be in a position where if their young guns and on the D-line can set a new tone, it can change a lot about what the Steelers are looking to do uh, throughout this game. Because if they're able to stuff the run, it changes everything. And again, let's go over the players who are involved here. Ogunjobi, you presume, is going to start. But now the question is, is is Montrevy, is Adams still going to start at the nose? And who's going to take Cam Hayward's place? I think Keanu Benton is going to be a big factor in all of this. He's going to be a guy that that gets after people. He's going to be a guy. He's a run stuffer. He's going to be a factor here. But I think the Steelers are going to rotate. What they're going to do is you're going to have Ogan Joby. You're going to have Leal. You're going to have Loudermilk. And you're going to have Adams. And they're all going to rotate between positions here. I think the Steelers need from this group a mix of two things. I mean, One, they need bruisers who go up against the run and shut it down. And they may not make the tackle, but they're keeping their linebackers clean. They're being more physical. They're not getting pushed off the ball to get in people's way. They are dominating the line of scrimmage. That's what the Steelers need. And I think that's exactly who Keanu Benton is supposed to be. Now, I want to point this out, too. It's always been my opinion that, you know, there are certain defensive linemen and offensive linemen who figured out early in their career and they're fine. They're good to go. But some guys, they need time to build kind of that older man strength. And, you know, I think that's something that Cam Hayward kind of built as his time went on. Not that he built it when he was an old man, but, you know, as you build up muscle year after year after year and you get older and older, there are advantages to, that, that that start to happen to you there. And Cam Hayward was a prime example. Cam Hayward was a, was a fantastic athlete coming out of college, but, uh, he needed to get just get kind of stronger for a little bit and he did. And then he became Cam Hayward. I'm not here to say that Keanu Benton or DeMar, DeMar Leo are about to come become Cam Hayward, but I am saying this is their chance to prove that they could be on the path to being the great, the next great Steelers defensive line. So you're going to have bruisers like Benton, and then you're going to have your 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 pass rushers like Ogan Joby, who, by the way, was getting after the quarterback in that three regular season finale last, se- last season. And then you still have Loudermilk, you still have Adams, and you still have Liao. And remember, one of the big objectives for the defensive line isn't just to be in the backfield and isn't just to be making plays. It's to be the janitor guy who sometimes cleans up the play because he's keeping the offensive linemen off your linebackers. And you're able to to see uh, when linebackers can process. It's something that Ray Lewis used to talk about at the, about the Ravens defensive line in the 2000s. Tony Siragusa, a pit guy. Sam Adams, those two guys, they used to just eat blockers. And so Ray Lewis was just able to, as a young linebacker, he was able to see whatever he wanted to see because teams couldn't just throw their guard at him. And the key for this group, too, as we know, is, is, is slowing down Chubb. I'm not sure you could completely stop Chubb because he's that great of a running back. The key to slowing him down one, you got to win the line of scrimmage. Two, you got to keep him out of favorable positions that make them comfortable enough to keep handing him the ball off. Keep him under 80 yards. The team is a 5 1 when he rushes less than 80 yards. But I do think the big thing here if they're going to stop Nick Chubb, they need to keep him off pace. As much as they need to win the line of scrimmage, as much as this defensive line needs to push guys back, the rest of the group, the T.J. Watts going up against Dewan Jones, the Alex Highsmiths going up against um, uh, Jedrick Wills, the Steelers offense, they have to do things to put the pace of the game away from being able to just rely on Nick Chubb to just get you out of there. And if they do that, I think that's the Steelers' best ticket to success here on Monday Night Football. I want to talk to you guys because a lot of you guys have asked questions about the rookies, and why aren't we seeing more of the rookies when we heard so much of the rookies? I heard you. You'll get my take on that on the other side of this break here. On the Monday episode of the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. we still got more to discuss here. But first, I want to remind you guys that on top of all of that, this episode is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, and you can get on the action right now as the NFL season is rolling at high speed new customers get five who bet $5 can get $200 back in bonus bets guarantee when they bet those $5 plus all customers who bet $5 also get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from for your for youtube and youtube tv now is the time to, to join fanduel the app is easy to use and can, you can be on everything from from player spreads to player props and more, so visit fanduel.com/slash locked on and kick off, kick off the NFL season with all with an offer that you won't want to miss. Fanduel official partner of the NFL. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're going to round out the show today with a point about the Steelers rookies, because I've seen a lot of people wondering, why are we seeing more of the rookies? We heard so much about these rookies all through the draft and and all through LTAs and mini camp and training camp. And listen, I hear you, but this is a Steelers team that has a lot of veterans on it. And that's kind of what you wanted to bring it to bring them into so that they could learn the proper way and then approach it uh, a lot. looking a lot more fresh. But things happen, and you're starting to see guys start to get some opportunities. J- Broderick Jones got a few snaps after Chukumacuo before got hurt against the Niners. Joey Porter Jr. also only got a few snaps, but as Mike Tomlin kind of explained, that was less about them not trusting Joey Porter and more about like they they put him in for specific packages, and the Steelers defense just never forced those packages to have to occur because the Niners ran the ball too well and kept the, and kept ahead of the chains. But still, you want to find a place for him in your defense. That's why you drafted him. And I think that's where the Steelers have to find something there. But also, I think it's important for people to remember. It's important to have patience when looking at the development of rookie. Cam Hayward didn't start right away. He was a guy that took time to develop. And look at how he developed. But, yeah, Broderick Jones, who's seen a little bit of snaps. You've seen Joey Bort Jr., who's seen a little bit of snaps. The guy who's going to see a lot of snaps, I think. Keanu Benton, who we were just talking about. That dude lives for the spotlight. He lives to be physical. He's just all about it. I think that he's gonna be uh I think he's gonna be a real big problem on the Steelers defensive line and cause some real issues for opposing offensive lines. But to get away from just specifically this game, let's keep going here. Darnell Washington, I think that they've put him in the offense more than enough. He's been in it. He's been running routes and he's been getting open. Bottom line is, like just a lot of the guys last week, Kenny Pickett wasn't seeing him, and that's the thing. If Kenny Pickett can get that guy the ball with his talents, look out. We've already seen him do some, have some amazing blocking. I'm, I'm intrigued to see if he's going to get a chance to go one on one against Miles Garrett at all in pass protection, and or or running the ball, and just see how it plays out. Nick Herbig, I mean, fourth-round pick, I think he's doing fine. He's doing better than fine for what you expect out of him just as far as existing and what he's able to bring to the table. But you look through the rest of the rookies, it's reasonable to ask, why haven't they played as much? Broderick Jones, he's not playing because Dan Moore Jr. looked really good at training camp, and then he looked not as really good in in week one. And if he looks bad in week two there may be a call there to get Broderick Jones in the game. That was confirmed. Broderick Jones did practice a little bit of right tackle because they needed to be flexible, but I really do think that uh Dan Moore Jr., it's not about watching over your back. That's never healthy. Dan Moore Jr., he needs to be playing with everything he has right now. He needs to prove to the Steelers, hey, I'm still the guy. I just had a one rough game. if he does that, maybe he holds on to his position a little bit longer. But if he doesn't, that Broderick Jones clock is ticking closer and closer to midnight. Now, again, I go back and I look at how these rookies rookies are lined up and the guys who are over them. One person who's over one of those rookies is Levi Wallace over Joey Porter Jr., And a lot of people saw Levi Wallace have maybe the worst game I've seen him play as a Steeler. So I get that, and he's in the way of Joey Porter Jr. getting snaps. But I think tonight could be a very good opportunity for not just Levi Wallace but also Joey Porter Jr. to go up against a receiving court that's missing its top option. Mari Cooper is supposed to to miss the game with an injury. And it looks like Devontae Adams might miss the next Steelers game in Vegas. But whatever happens, you do want to see those guys out there. But I think it's just going to still take a little bit more pace before you see them at full pace and going in the way that you expect this team to just go out and win. It takes time to develop, especially with rookies, but especially also new vets. That stuff happens. But a good team is the team that limits how often it happens. So if the Steelers aren't able to limit what happened on on last Sunday against against the Niners, okay, maybe there's a problem. But if the Steelers can go into this game Execute these key things. Get George Pickens the ball. Let him be a playmaker. Have him be the be a playmaker. Keep your eyes on for other opportunities. Have their defensive line, their young defensive line be the new bruisers that they're looking for. And find a way to get their rookies a little bit more involved in ways that are easier for them to adapt to the to the game. I think they'll have a good chance of winning on Monday Night Football. I'm your host, Chris Carter. This has been the Locked on Steelers podcast, the Monday edition here. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, thanks again, really, everybody. And also, I want to say, say a shout out to a lot of different people. I'm, I keep bumping into a lot of fans out just when I'm out doing things. Don't ever be afraid to say hi. I appreciate everyone who does say hi. It's really cool uh, to know that you guys like the show. Thanks again, everybody. Um, Chris Carter, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Also, check me out here on the Locked on Steelers podcast Monday through Friday, breaking things down on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked on Podcast Network. And uh again thanks to everyone for joining this one. This was uh this this was a pretty fun one to do for a pregame of Monday Night Football and I can't wait to get to it. I'll see you there if you're at the game.